everybody, Kevin Witham here, and before we air this week's podcast, we wanted to take just a moment to wish you a safe and a Merry Christmas as you gather with friends and family. We didn't plan to drop this episode, The Goal of the Gathering, on Christmas, but it seems appropriate and spirit-led. So as you gather and break bread during this season, we at Common Grounds Unity ask you to consider the value of relational unity over and above uniformity of doctrine, practice, or ideology. During this Christmas season, we ask you to grab a cup of coffee or some other beverage and break bread together. And as you do, cherish the formation of Christ in one another. May God bless you and yours. Have a Merry Christmas. Come to Bethlehem and see Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone-Campbell movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now... Here are your co-hosts. Welcome once again to another Common Grounds Unity Podcast. I'm Kevin Witham, and I am thrilled to be back with you for a continuation of a conversation that we started last week with, with my Common Grounds Unity gathering. And I say my, uh, I mean the one I'm a part of and am blessed to be a part of. Uh, our podcast and the whole Common Grounds Unity movement 
is just a movement towards getting uh, us to build relationships with other believers, you know, starting out with those believers in the Stone Campbell Restoration Movement. And our, our motto is, unity begins with a cup of coffee. Um, and whether you're a coffee drinker or a tea drinker or a Coke drinker, whatever you drink, our, our whole goal is to get you to um, get outside of just your local church and build relationships with other brothers and sisters in this movement and beyond, uh, because unity has to do with our impact on the world for Christ. It's a great testimony. So uh, hosting today is Tina Bruner. I'm going to kind of turn that role, uh, turn my, my, my co-hosting hat or take my co-hosting hat off. And Tina Bruner is with us today back again to host this particular podcast. She's the executive director of World Convention. And you can learn more about Tina uh, by the podcast where we interviewed her. She's a great co-host and has worked together with me on this uh, podcast some and increasingly so. So Tina, welcome back. I'm going to kick it over to you. That is great. I'm so glad to be back again. And I'm really super excited about continuing this conversation so that that we as a as a community of churches um, can learn more about the actual uh, commons ground common ground unities uh, gatherings that you have and how we might get more involved. So that's going to be kind of what the questions are are circled around. And I'd love for you guys to just um, all jump in on the questions and um, and feel free to circle back if there's something else that you want to add as we go forward. How does that sound? Well, that sounds great, Tina. And we may need to reintroduce ourselves in this San Diego group. So, you know, the first time each of our members, in case people didn't hear last week's, the first time you weigh in on a question, identify yourself so that uh, folks know who they're listening to. Great idea. All right. So guys, tell me about your initial thoughts or feelings when you heard about Common Grounds Unity and the group that was forming in San Diego. I can start. This is Russ Kirkpatrick. I, uh, I heard about Common Grounds after listening to some of the Harbor lecture series from Pepperdine. And one of those sessions was on the rift and repair. Uh, it was taught by Douglas Jacoby and Nick Sola. And I actually, I had a connection with each because uh, Douglas Jacoby has been a teacher in the International Churches of Christ for many years. And then Nick Zola, who's from San Diego, um, became a Christian here. And he is now a professor at Pepperdine and fellowship uh, in fellowship with the uh Churches of Christ. And so I was really drawn in by the lecture. And, and in short, I'll just say when I when I heard during their session that they were highlighting that there was a gathering of unity hearted Christians that was getting together just for coffee in Simi Valley, um, representing various tribes, ICOC, Christian Church, Churches of Christ. I just remember thinking, whoa, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> I'm supposed to do that too. And really felt called by God because I, I had remembered back in, I think it was around 2003, 2004 at ACU, right? Abilene, there was some dialogue going on between Churches of Christ and ICOC in particular. And that was my first memory of interest in our shared history and um, what we all had in common, that there was so much more than not 
and uh, especially wanted to see just some more effort from my home church, right? From my own tribe. And so, uh, yeah, that's that was when I had first kind of heard about Common Grounds Unity. Uh, I'm sorry, after Abilene, much after, but it, that was definitely like my first spark of of wanting to be part of Unity Building. So when when I heard about Common Grounds, I just dove in. I heard about the Facebook group. I felt called to initiate a a gathering in San Diego with these fine people. Yeah, I can I can share. Um, this is Debbie Cook, and I'm with the San Diego Church of Christ, and it's a international uh, Church of Christ. Um, I think I got involved in unity um, kind of in 2019 a little bit. We had my husband and I went to a renew conference in a church down in Franklin, Tennessee, in 2019, and then we also attended the um, ICOC Teachers Conference in 2019. And both of those groups were really focused on um, the idea of building bridges of um, our restoration brothers and sisters. And I thought, wow, I really want to be a part of that. Um, So I don't think I really wrestled with any fears or apprehensions. I think um, I was, I'm under an eldership, so I wanted to be very careful um, not to run ahead of what the elders were comfortable with. But I felt very comfortable um, in reaching out and saying, hey, we need to be together and I need to I need to learn more from you. And hopefully you can learn a little bit from me, too. So that's where I that's where I kind of got started. That's great, Debbie. This is Evan, Evan Foote from Pomerado Christian Church in Poway. Actually, I'm the retired pastor who still attends there. My pastor now is J.P. Chafaris and. in fact, it was uh, about one year after I retired when I got an email. I think it included several pastors uh, from John Teal, I think. Anyway, it said, hey, there's going to be Common Grounds Coffee. We're starting a new uh, fellowship of unity together. And I can tell you in one word what my response was. Woohoo! <laughs> or or is maybe that's two words. I don't yeah, know. Is that one word? <laughs> I'll have to get that. And Sorry. I'll tell you yeah. why. I'll tell you why. Because for well, since the nineties, I had been meeting every month with my local pastor friends uh to pray together and fellowship together. But when JP came on board and became the senior pastor of the church, I wanted him to have that fellowship with the other senior pastors in the area. So that means I really couldn't go there anymore. They invited me to, but you know, it needs to be JP's role now. So I kind of felt left out. So to think that, hey, here's another group starting up of of, uh, independent Christian churches, ICOC, Church of Christ, and hey, I can go there and have the same kind of fellowship that I've just been dying for. So I was eager as could be to go to that first meeting here of the San Diego chapter. And, and this is Kevin and uh, boy, I appreciate hearing that Evan, that this, just the mutual fellowship in and of itself is a blessing and just enriching. Um, I, I got that similar uh, email from John Teal and had a, uh, preliminary lunch with Russ that he mentioned in, I think the the first podcast last week and just 
immediately, how do you not like Russ? And you think, right, man, <laughs> I want to work on something together with him. But but the cause itself excited me because it's something, you know, I mentioned this in in my own uh, testimony last podcast. You know, I, I've just not felt that it's right to refer to others as cousins in the faith. And, and I want my circle to be as enlarged as God wants it to be enlarged. And I want to uh, have a greater impact on our city for Christ. And I know that in part that's going to happen by Christians coming together. Mm-hmm. I love the, the the term common grounds because so often, you know, we, we start out with where we differ, where we see things differently. Uh, Evan talked last podcast about, you know, that 5%. We might have 95% that we agree on and yet there's that 5% that keeps us apart or even kind of breeds a competition that's, that's so unhealthy and unholy. Um, why can't we start with all that that we have in common, come together around the common grounds of Jesus and our love for God's word? So I, I didn't uh, have any hesitation. As a matter of fact, I, I think woohoo was uh, just a proper response from me as well, that, that finally we're we're starting to see something come together that I think I've longed for most of my spiritual and ministry life. And I'm so excited and, and thrilled about what God's doing with it and will do with it. Well, tell us a little bit more about the actual gathering. Are there certain characteristics of a common grounds unity gathering and what are some of the benefits or limitations of this kind of format? Yeah. And actually, before I answer that, um, I, one quick feeling I did have that I didn't share, and then I'll answer your question, Tina. Thanks. Um, is I was actually more nervous about how other people would feel, right? So that first lunch that Kevin mentioned, I was like, that, you know, I'm going to meet up with this brother and he's going to be like, okay, so you're part of that church that just peaced out from my church. Uh, many years ago, basically, right? We're, we're the kids who just ventured off and like now you're coming back, right? Like, so there's this a little bit of anxiety of like, what is this conversation going to be like? And and it, already I was very impressed and encouraged that uh, Kevin was willing to have a conversation. So anyway, those were some anxieties. And even on our first gathering, and I can transition to answering your question, is... Um, what the gathering was like. And I think even chatting with with John Teal, who has been so instrumental, a few of you mentioned his name, in starting the first few gatherings was that the gathering, the goal of it is just to gather. And, and that being a, a very important characteristic uh, of these, which it sounds oversimplified, right? But But really, what qualifies as a gathering? I mean, really, just it could be two people. <laughs> Um, I've been so encouraged and I'll just share a couple points here about, uh, what really makes this the format. It's very simple is there's a, a brother out in Malaysia who had shared that he's been building a friendship. He's part of a, um, ICOC fellowship and he's been meeting with a pastor of a independent Christian church. Um, and actually I think I have that wrong. It's a, it's a mainline, uh, church of Christ. And they've been in friendship and just meeting together for meals. So that is a gathering. And so when you talk mm-hmm. about the format, it's getting together with one other who's part of a different tribe and just hearing their story, sharing your story. And um, 
the other, I mean, you can say, I guess, the more organized or more, uh, you know, grown version <laughs> of that is what we've seen, where we've seen um, anywhere between 10 to 20 together uh, for a meal, having a conversation, having a topic. I think uh, some of the best gatherings we've had have been less of one person talking and more of just, here's a question, let's let's connect, let's talk about our perspective on this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been amazing um, just to be able to get together with these guys. And I uh, really want to make sure that people hear that these these are not just gatherings for men. It is for the women and for the sisters as well. And mm-hmm. um, please come yes. in and join one of your local gatherings. It's so important. I think uh, one of the things that really helped me was during uh, COVID, you know, all of our churches were shut down suddenly, like um, it just closed down. And so we still met on Zoom and it was so great to get different ideas and strategies from other ministers that were in my shoes of, hey, how are you taking care of your people? Hey, what are you doing to make sure that um, that your ministry goes online? How are you making this happen? And, and they could uniquely understand what I was going through. And uh, I think that was so refreshing and encouraging. And um, even on Zoom, that made such a difference. And I took that, you know, that into our in-person conversations too, that we are bonded. We've been through some really tough times, um, but we get one another. and, And that camaraderie is so important. I agree with you, Debbie, that uh, I remember my first meeting when we came together, um, I was a little bit apprehensive. And when I showed up, I thought, I think I'm the only independent Christian church guy here. Well, there was one other fellow who had bounced back and forth between uh, independent Christian church and Church of Christ. And I thought, gosh, where are all the other guys? But you know what? I found out that, uh, gosh, we're all on the same team and with a whole bunch of friends. So, yeah, that works. Yeah, I I love that. I think uh, when we're in that gathering, we don't, I don't, and I I believe it's true of everyone here, we don't look at one another and say, well, that's that's the ICOC contingency or that's the Christian church contingency. You gather and you're brothers and sisters. And you just, you talk, talk about your, relationship with God and what's going on in your church and, and, you know, just our lives and, and all of that just tends to bring barriers down and we, we stop labeling. Um, that's what gathering does. That's what getting together does. When you try to forge unity by, you know, writing an article in a journal and publishing it and saying, you know, here's the terms of unity you know, you're still in your camps and those are going to your journals. When you sit down face to face with people, um, in any of those, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Those preconceived notions, they just kind of fade. And you see, as Evan said, we're on the same team. We're brothers and sisters. I think out of that, you know, down, down the road as we've gotten to know one another more deeply, we can talk about not only the things we have in common, but we could talk about some things that might be uh, controversial and do it in love uh, or talk about mm-hmm. some things maybe that we do see differently and be content that um, 
unlike our past where we thought, wow, you need to do it our way and, and conform to this for us to have unity, we, we can, can be content to say, hey, there are some things that we see differently and maybe even do differently in our churches, but man, we, we hold the important things in common. And I think that comes out of relationship more than documents or treaties or, you know, trying to forge unity in some other way, if that makes sense. It does. You know, Kevin, that kind of leads into the next question of, you know, there are ways that we can see or, or the labels that we see on people can uh, give us a, a myth or a preconceived idea that show uh, myth busters that uh, was so popular that um, that show how to break down uh, myth. So in the in the issue or the the context of the common grounds gatherings, what are some of the myths or preconceived ideas that you all have seen deconstructed when you're in those regular gatherings with each other over a meal or coffee or even Zoom because of the necessity of that through COVID? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, when I sat down with Kevin at Phil's Barbecue, great barbecue in San Diego, Amen. by the way, uh, <laughs> we sat there with barbecue sauce all over our faces and looked each other in the eyes. And that was a good step. But I think um, one of the myths I walked in with was that, well, everyone that is part of a, quote, acapella Church of Christ, like they only they're only worshiping in song in acapella. They're not using instruments. And so during our conversation to hear Kevin say, well, we have actually two services <laughs> and one of them, they use instruments. I thought, whoa, okay. So there was one myth busted <laughs> and it just led me to think, what other areas do we have in common more than not? And that was just one of them, right? That I walked into and I've, I've quickly found more where it's like, hey, yeah, um, what really hit me actually, I think, is that these churches that are, say, let's independent churches of Christ or, or I'm sorry, independent Christian churches or churches of Christ, they're going to be so dramatically different than what I'm used to that I'm going to have culture shock in my interactions with these people. <laughs> that was an, another preconceived notion. But actually, I realized it feels very similar to meeting others that I've met. Like, for example, uh, I've been to churches that are connected with the International Churches of Christ in other countries, right? Like, I I've been in Hong Kong. I've been to Puerto Rico. And my point there is that I expect a certain amount of culture difference in these churches, right? And why can't I also expect that with my brothers and sisters in, say, Churches of Christ and the way they worship or the way that they um, study the Bible with people or help people become Christians, right? And so those are a couple that I'll mention, and I'll leave the floor for others to share. Yeah, I think uh, one of the myths that I thought about was um, I thought that uh, my group was the only group that was really concerned about making disciples. And I see that is totally the furthest thing from the truth, that uh, there is plenty of work to do in this world, and really we're all on the same team. And so if uh, somebody becomes a Christian um, in a different church that doesn't have my name on it, I am just, you know, I'm the biggest cheerleader for that. That's great. I'm, I am fired up for them and their relationship with God and that I don't have to be so worried about, um, does that count in my church growth? 
um, if they're becoming Christians, wherever that is, that is a win for all of us. So that's that was important to me, just to remember that there is plenty of work to do, and we are all on the same team. Mm. Very interesting, Debbie. Hey, Tina, I, I have a question. Maybe you don't realize this. Did you know that pastors can be very competitive? Did you know that, or is that a surprise? <laughs> you know, that is not a surprise to me. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, you know, I I had to say that because I remember the first meeting, you know, you look around, uh, it wasn't in a room, we were actually outdoors, but you look around and you think, well, now here's a go-getter, here's someone who's got a big church and a big building, I'm not even sure who that guy over there is, and he's really quiet, and, but uh, I'll tell you what the myth buster is, everyone has something to contribute and I, I found out there's a particular guy there, Pastor Steve Kay, who, yes, as, as quiet as he was, was an absolute expert on how people go through the grieving process. And when I heard him say just a few words about that, I knew that I needed to have him come to my church and talk to some of our other leaders because we were, uh, we had one of our pastor's wife, uh, just 30 years old, pass away from cancer and we were all hurting. So uh, Steve K came over and uh, gave us some really good information on how to go through the grieving process. And by the way, I've, I'm sorry to mention this, but we lost Pastor Steve during COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's that's quite a loss. But he, everyone has something to contribute. Um, the last meeting I was at, um, I got to talking to Russ Kirkpatrick's father. He's pretty quiet most of the time. But afterwards, you know, a couple of old guys, he and I were talking together and we found out First of all, we have a lot in common. And secondly, he's written a book. So when Mm -hmm. I left the meeting, I looked up the book on Amazon and I read it and I thought, wow, he has a life story to share. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just so easy for us to think certain people are great and other people are second second class. But um, everyone has something to contribute and will grow more when we love more. I I would uh, I'd add to all of those good comments and make it would, would love, I amen all of them. I would add to it that that it's a myth I think that some people hold that you are to to protect your flock and to be spiritually healthy uh you, you have to keep uh, influences away uh f- from your church people that differ on certain points or pretty soon that's going to take hold in, in your church. And, uh, whether it's common grounds, unity, or, or, uh, reaching out more expansively, even than, than in our movement, um, we're healthier when we're able to engage with one another. And as Evan mentioned, uh, find that we've got resources within, uh, various churches that can bless our church. And we have things that we could bless one another with. Boy, this silo mentality or this idea that says, um, I, I, I need to protect, uh, we all want to protect from unhealthy spiritual influences, but when it comes to brothers and sisters, um, we, we have far more to bless one another with. And, uh, I think that's been a real healthy part of common grounds and Evan, Mm -hmm. boy, you bring that out powerfully. I, 
I've had some people say, boy, doesn't it concern you that um, people in this part of the movement think this way or think that way? You know, I found that we can't look at each other and label each other and assume everybody sees something according to the label we put on it. We're individuals making up these churches. And there's a lot of great thinking happening in all streams of this movement and a lot of growth that's transpired over 10 or 20 years. Um, and we kind of put people in a place or groups in a place where they were in the past. Getting together just strips all of that away. So that's been a, a real blessing to me. Yeah, it really does that. highlight and... the um, that we are the body of Christ. And I love the thing of seeing that within these groups within these gatherings, we can see how God has gifted us differently, that we can support one another in different ways. And that I think is a great testimony to the world in the, in the way of showing our unity through how we serve one another. Russ, did you have something else to add to that? You said it so well, but I think I just uh, compliment it by saying that uh, there's, there's a lot of areas that I think we already know that we can glean from each other, that we're not actively uh, getting the most out of like really just blessing each other with, like whether that be uh, from my perspective, ICOC is like, I know the acapella churches of Christ tradition has an incredible scholarly emphasis that we can learn from in the churches of, or the ICOC. And then the independent Christian churches have this incredible uh, emphasis on building community and uh grace and just in just i think being able to pull in and even just have incredible growth in in many of the independent christian churches and a model to follow um so i just think there's also just a tons of blind spots frankly right that we don't know yet where we can learn from each other so just excited to do what you just said right like be the body and know that we're not all the same part and we can benefit each other yeah. My first um, introduction into Common Grounds was actually the Facebook group. So for anybody listening who thinks that you have to jump from, you know, listening to these podcasts and learning more this way to committing to being in a group, there is an awesome Facebook group where there's lots of really good content. There's good ways to interact with one another in that. I wonder if um, if you guys, maybe Russ, you want to take this, but how if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, how can I find out if there's a group in my area that's meeting, or if I wanted to be a catalyst for this, like how would I get started? How what would you say to folks about that? Yeah, and I have a lot to say. I'm sorry, but <laughs> everybody else on here, um, with the exception of say Evan, who's retired, um, you know, you're working full-time and ministry and an organization. So anyway, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to uh, be part of this group of all-stars. So I'll just say that, but um, what you can do, yeah, is get on commongroundsunity.org slash gatherings. And you'll even see a map of our current gatherings. Uh, so you can see if there's one in your area. And if there's not yet, then uh, you'll, there's actually a chat bubble on there you can get on. Um, and then you can let us know you're interested. And um, I, I think, again, one of the best things that you can start with, if there isn't a gathering in your area yet, like a shout out to Benjamin Dennett out in the UK, like he just met up with uh, another another tribe, I think it was a Church of Christ, and, and 
and then now they have several people who have started to gather out there in the UK and like London area. Um, and and by the way, I think for those who are curious, like we we have I I might have mentioned this in the the past uh, episode. We have eleven active gatherings, and one of the consistent ones that I want to shout out is in DFW Dallas Fort Worth with uh, Clint and uh, Jonathan Lichtenwalter, Amanda Malou. They're doing a great job, and uh, there's a few others out there, um, Duluth, Minnesota. Um, so you know we have some reach, but there's definitely still a lot of communities that don't yet have people uh, getting together yet. Uh, and I and I feel like I would be remiss if I don't mention uh, Eugene, Oregon, because Lars um, has done a great job. He moved up there over the past year and started a, a gathering up there. So yeah, jump on commongroundsunity.org/gatherings, and uh, the second would be just find one person from another tribe, get together, and have coffee. And and let us know at Common Grounds Unity that you're doing that so that we can pray for you, encourage you. Um, and then also uh, like process how you can uh, spread the word or get more people involved in, in what you're doing in a new community. Um, I really appreciate uh, what Debbie said that this is not a group just for men or just for ministers, uh, people who are vocationally involved in ministry. This is for, am I right? That this is for anybody who like That's calls right. themselves a believer can can benefit or, or is invited to be part of these. That's right. And I'll even just mention this too on that, Tina. Um, our next gathering, and by the time this releases, we may have actually already met, but uh, we are focused on ministering to ministers or just like really mental health for Christian leaders. And that doesn't just include those who are full-time ministry, but those who are leading, whether it be a, a community group, small group, or they're leading their family and they want to connect with others who are going through it. So um, that's even just one idea of something that your local gatherings could be doing is put on something that's not just with a unity banner, but hey, let's get together and minister to one another. And uh, so that's that's something that we're, we're going to be doing more of. Anybody else want to chime in on uh, encouragement to folks to get involved in an existing group or start a new one? This is Evan. I have an idea. Just keep it simple. You know, uh, you don't need a big meeting with a highfalutin speaker. And uh, in fact, I thought when we had a meal together, it was, it was good. But when we just had coffee, that's even better. Yeah. So don't try to complicate it. Just get together and uh, let everyone talk because everyone has something to share. Yeah, and I was yeah. just going to add that, you know, in this time where the big church, capital C, is going through a time of transition um, all around the world where we're all reevaluating what Christianity and spirituality looks like in the church, um, we need one another. Um, absolutely. These brothers and sisters can, and can really understand what you are going through as a local minister and uh, can support one another. It's a, it's a great group, and I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that and echo a little bit of what Evan said there and what Russ has really been pushing towards. You know, early on, we were calling these gatherings chapters, and we found uh, that when people heard that, it sounded complicated and kind of 
like, man, are there secret handshakes? Do you have to have bylaws? Do you have to, you know, admit people in based on some criteria? So we got away from that term altogether because all we meant by it was, was gathering. And as Russ said, that could be two or three. And, uh, Evan, you said simplicity. I, I, I don't think we can stress that, uh, overemphasize or overstress that simplicity. And I agree. I, I think the coffee idea, you know, Russ last time said, let's just make it coffee. That simplified it even more. I think our group could come together with or without an agenda and we'd have good conversation because now we're comfortable with one another and, but and there people must be are coffee, but there must be coffee. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I always use that term, the fruit of the bean. I mean, it's critical. Although we've, we've uh, found there are some non-coffee drinkers. So, uh, you might want to have some bottles of water ready for, for those that it's, it's hard to fellowship those that don't drink coffee, but, um, I, it, that, that simplicity piece is so important. This has been an amazing conversation. I hope that those that are listening are inspired to, um, take just a simple step and meet up with somebody else that, um, follows the same Christ and, and encourages each other in the work that God has prepared in advance for all of us to do. Kevin, do you want to wrap us up? And um, and I'll look forward to whatever the next podcast is. Thanks so much for all the work that you and John and others do on um, providing this platform for us to uh, learn and, and feel more connected to each other through the podcast. Well, well, thank you so much, Tina. You've just done an outstanding job hosting uh, these last two podcasts. And this has been, you know, I, I get to have a lot of conversations with people doing this podcast week to week, but I've got to say this stands out as just a favorite of mine because, you know, these are the folks that I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this with together in our own local community and building a uh, fellowship with, and it means so much to me. So, uh, uh, let me let me just say to Russ and Deb and Evan and to everybody in the San Diego gathering, um, it's a blessing to do this with you. And I hope mm-hmm. the conversation we've had inspires more of you in big cities and small towns, wherever you find yourself, to get a gathering together uh, and and move with us in this movement towards building greater unity. We'll be back yeah. next week. I, I do want to, though, ask each each that's been with us. Um, Tina, I asked you this question. This is an important question. We ask every guest, um, how do you take your coffee? So start out with you, Russ. Americano, uh, no room for cream, no sugar, none of that. Just coffee. Good, strong Americano. There you go. There you go. Deb. I'll take a latte. Ooh, living out there on the edge. Okay. (laughs) Evan? Yeah, put a little bit of coffee in my cream and sugar, would you? (laughs) (laughs) See, folks, look at the diversity coming together. There's diversity even when you're drinking a cup of coffee. Blessing to be with you all. Folks, join us next week. We'll have another Common Grounds Unity podcast and another conversation. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out CommonGroundUnity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources, and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. 
We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.